0: Well, good evening, Dark Shadows fans, and welcome back. This is Kristen. This is Kara. This is a little show we like to call Between the Shadows. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, episode five. Episode five.
1: I guess before we get started, though, with the Dark Shadows talk here, we really wanted to give a shout-out to all of our followers on our Facebook page thus far and to everyone who's given the show a listen. Um, thank you guys so much. Um, we've said it before, but... This is such a pleasure to be doing, getting to take time every week and talk about this one thing that we love.
0: It's really true. I, you know, we've said it before. And this, and I mean, this, this podcast is still pr- relatively new. We're just about a month in. You know, this is episode five. This yeah. is um, on the 10th. It'll be one month. Mm-hmm. And. Um, just all the love and all the the likes on Facebook and all the listens, man. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, we thank, you. thank you so much. And uh, tell your friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so last week we wrapped up and talked all about. I would covered about twenty episodes worth of info about Roger Collins's accident. Yeah. Uh, dang, you're killing himself coming down uh, Widow's Hill from Collinwood. And this week, we are going to be doing our very first two-parter ever on Between the Shadows. So we're going to be talking about Bill Malloy Yes. and what happens with Bill Malloy? However, before we do that, there are a few things that come up before Bill Malloy goes on his rampage. Yeah, there's a lot and of things that go on for the lead-up to the whole disappearance. Right, and I, it's it's pretty it's a pretty good idea to mention and just talk about those things before we get into Mr. Malloy here. So, for instance, uh, just after it comes out that David is the one who tried to kill his father, Vicky tells Liz that she believes it would be best if she just left Collinwood. Yeah, and because she thinks that it wouldn't be best for David, you know, she is the one who exposed him to his family. The, she is the whole reason that the whole family knows that David is the one who tried to off his dad. Yeah. And David even says to her, You'll be sorry you ever came here, you know. Yeah. You'll be you'll be sorry you ever came here. And Liz begs her to stay. hmm And she tells her that, you know, Vicky's been there for a while and she no longer considers Vicky a stranger.
1: Yeah. But
0: one of the family.
1: And as she talks to Vicky about you know, why she wants her to stay, you know, Carolyn can feel free to leave the house and she won't be leaving me by myself and you get the chance to nurture this child and everything. And in Liz's voice, to me, it kind of sounds like Liz is just thinking, you know, oh, Vicki's never going to leave, you know? like. You know that one day she's going to have to move on and stuff. but if Yeah, that's, what if, if
0: Vicky wants to get married, you, you know?
1: <laughs> but it just sometimes in her voice uh, when she's saying that stuff to Vicki, it's like she's got herself convinced that, oh, if I convince Vicki to stay, she's never going to leave. She'll never leave, yeah, I agree. But it, it's sad to hear that in her voice a little. But.
0: She She's so desperate to just have Carolyn happy and yeah. not fall into the same thing that she has fallen into herself at Collinwood. Right. She hasn't left the hill in 18 years years and she with all of her heart doesn't want to see it happen to carolyn and she she is desperate for carolyn to get married and move on that's why she was the one who suggested the promotion of joe haskell at the at the fleet at the cannery right and you know because it would make it easier for her and joe to get married if he had the promotion and she kind of blurts that out and that's what sends carolyn reeling yeah um we mentioned that a couple uh in previous episodes here but liz is brooding she's brooding about david Uh, messing with his dad's break and she's concerned for David but she's also concerned for the family too she said that she's afraid for David and that all he knows is hatred and and that he needs people that'll face this hatred and that's why she wants Vicky to stay and Vicky just wants to know why she she demands you know why do you want me to stay and all Liz says to her is because I choose to do so yeah and that's that's the only elusive answer we ever get from Liz. You know, because I said so. This woman, she <laughs> not only does she have enough secrets to fill a wing of Collinwood, she's also the queen of elusive answers. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> but and I do believe, I do believe that she genuinely does care about David, but she is terribly concerned about the family honor.
1: Yeah,
0: and Liz has to be the one who is the keeper of the family honor because Roger's not going to do it. I mean, with all the things that Roger has already messed up and gone through in his inheritance, at one point he comes to Liz and tells her that, oh, well, I spent all of my inheritance, yeah. you know. And and he was like, what'd you do with your sister? You know, because, you know, he's constantly giving her crap for never leaving the hill, never doing anything with her life. And she was like, well, part of my inheritance went to buying up your shares of the company because you tried to sell them. Yeah. And... I just thought that was interesting. You know, she, she's the keeper of the family honor because, you know, Roger is such a dirtbag. And, you know, he even tried to, to share it to sell his shares of the company because he needed money. Because he blew through his entire inheritance. Now, it's the Collinses. He probably had a pretty hefty inheritance. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's off topic. But definitely worth mentioning about Roger's character. Yeah. So... Roger, you know, has been demanding that Sam turn down this request for, you know, Burke painting his picture because he's worried that the truth about the manslaughter case is going to come out. But with Burke being so insistent and persistent, Sam is just, he's unable to refuse. Burke's like, I want this $1,500, Sam, in your pocket. I'll even give you an advance. And Sam's like, that's too much money. And Burke's like, nope, that is the price that we arranged. That's the price that we're going with. Yep. Yep. So jumping back to Collinwood, Carolyn comes in to check on her mom and she tells her that she's worried about David and Liz is worried about Carolyn because she's so hung up on Burke. Yeah. For me, it seems like Carolyn is so wrapped up in Burke that she doesn't care about the family or David. She said she'd rather have 10 friends like Burke than 10 little monsters like David. Mm. That those were those, that's a little quote that she said. And you know, <laughs> meanwhile, Joe is at the bar getting completely sloshed, mm-hmm. just drunk out of his mind. Yeah, He's of course upset about the Carolyn and Burke thing. And Carolyn is stringing him along because she won't love him or marry him. And, but all of that aside, he's found out that this plan to get his own boat with one of his colleagues, one of his friends has fallen through the cracks because the other guy his wife is pregnant she's getting ready to have a baby that's right yeah. and can't commit doesn't want to commit financially and 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 rightfully so you know yeah. you're gonna have a baby that's that's fair totally fair but it really brings joe down because that was that was his uh, ace in the hole you know his car- security yeah and you know he was going to be a big dog and you know carolyn was going to be impressed and maybe more likely to marry him that's i, I think that's kind of what was going through joe's mind Honestly, I don't know that Carolyn would have agreed to marry him if he had gotten his own boat because yeah. Carolyn is just so set on not marrying him. She's just not interested and she tries to play it off like I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. I'm scared. But truth be told, she's not she's not interested in Joe. Joe yeah. does not interest her at all. Mm-hmm. And I think the only reason you know she keeps agreeing to this charade and this and this facade of being Joe's girl is because he's mama's choice. You know, and I I think she feels bad that she keeps stringing him along, but I just, I just don't know. Carolyn, she's, she, she really, (laughs) she really aggravates me uh, during these, these few episodes, but. Yeah, she really shows how old she is. Exactly. In the way she acts. Absolutely. And, and we see a little bit of that. Or how young she is, I should say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. she, She, we definitely see a little bit of that, but so Joe is sloshed and Burke comes over and says, Hey kid, what's eating you? You know, and, and yeah. he don't want to hear from Burke. He says a few stupid things and Burke's like, yeah, you're drunk, whatever. And you know, i got half a mind to punch you in the nose, you know, and Burke's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And so Joe gets this brilliant idea to just leave the bar and go up to Collinwood <laughs> <laughs> without paying for his drinks. I might. Have... And you know, Burke being the guy that Burke is, or part of the guy that Burke is it's, Burke is so hard to read in some of these episodes because he's all gung-ho about taking over the Collinses and owning the Collinses but then he does something like hey put his put the kids drinks on my tab because he left without paying for it you know yeah he's just so hard to figure he's still there's a
1: stand-up guy in there somewhere he's just exactly got something to do right now. (laughs) Burke just
0: doesn't seem like a villain to me you know I mean I know that he's he's back to take over you know he's back to to put the Collinses out of business and and that's bad and we don't want that but at the same time you see this good guy in burke and and you just can't help but love him Mm -hmm. i I can't i can't help myself yeah so he goes up to collinwood to tell elizabeth stoddard off just to tell her off yeah and he comes up and wants to see carolyn and and elizabeth was like if you can still drive you should probably go home but you know carolyn comes in anyway and so he tells liz that it's all her fault that carolyn won't marry him because marriage has worked out so great for her mother and that she's just afraid to leave her mother and that she'll grow up to be an old spinster in the big gloomy house keeping her mom company yeah and it was definitely ballsy of joe and the liquor certainly didn't help but what joe said was absolutely true yeah even if liz and carolyn didn't want to admit it yeah it very uncharacteristic of Joe, the way he did it, but... It was, but, you know, he got to a point where he snapped, you know, and I think the not getting his boat thing kind of made him snap. Yeah. And... Just needed some liquid courage to
1: get it off his shoulders. Liquid and, courage. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So. <laughs> so he eventually passes out, you know, he passes out on the couch, and, and Carolyn is nursing Joe through this hangover, um, and Vicki takes her opportunity, Carolyn lets her borrow the car again, and she goes to see Burke about this report that he's received through Drake. you know? Right. She knows that he's investigated her, and she wants to know what he found, and... He invites her up to his room to have dinner and read the report. And he levels with her and says that he wanted the report because she went to work with Collinwood. But she assures him that she has nothing to hide. And how can you hide something that you know nothing about? Right. And Vicky knows nothing. and that we It's said over and over and over, I don't know anything. I'm trying to find answers. Yeah. And so he furnishes the report, and which turns out to be nothing she didn't already know. And she bails on dinner. You know, Burke has ordered this nice big dinner, steak and lobster. It sounds delicious, actually. But she bails on dinner because Joe comes up in his drunken mess and realizes he forgot to pay his bar tab, went back to the bar to pay it, and they told him, hey, Burke paid for your drink. So he's up at Burke's hotel room to give him money. I'm not letting you pay for my drinks, he says. He's like, I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> I always pay for my stuff. Exactly. You know? and but so, thank, you,
1: thank you, but no thank you.
0: Right. And 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 Burke lets him because he's just you know I, I'm not gonna fight with you over this and yeah. and Vicky doesn't want to be involved in whatever qualm that Burke has with the Collinses but she agrees to rain check with Burke for dinner she's like yeah it's a promise we'll, we'll do dinner yeah and Joe ends up telling Carolyn that he saw Vicki in Burke's hotel room, and we can all guess how Carolyn reacted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't think it was Joe's intention to be a snitch. It was just something mentioned, you know, in passing. You know, Carolyn it's flies like, off the handle. She pitches a fit and yeah. goes all jealous. and yeah. But she acts like she's mad for a way more noble reason, the family honor, you yeah. know. She asks for her car keys back in a petty and a huffy way, and... Vicky's hungry and asks if there's anything for dinner, and she's like, why? Didn't Burke feed you well? It's just so petty, you know? Oh my gosh. And (laughs) She denies being jealous, just surprised that Vicky told her to stay away from Burke and then finds out that she had dinner at his hotel room. Yeah. But she's 18 and it was jealousy we all know that yeah Uh, so that same night that same night that vicky bails on dinner roger finds her in the basement because she hears this sobbing again yeah she hears this sobbing and she traces it to a room in the basement you know Mm -hmm. this locked basement room nobody can get in there liz is the only one with a key and you know roger screams at her and accuses her of snooping, and but later, once he's being all apologetic again, he was like, oh yeah, I've heard it. I, I have heard it. I've, had it. I've heard it several times. Yeah. I don't know where it comes from. And later on, Carolyn admits, oh yeah, I hear it too. I've heard it most of my life. Yeah. She's like, I've just learned just to close my door, lock my door, and not think anything else of it. Yeah. What they don't
1: know is Liz was standing at the bottom of the stairs, listening to them talking about the cries in the night. She didn't say anything to him, but yeah, she, she did
0: overhear them talking it, about it. Right, and... She she plays it off too. She's like, oh, it's just it's just the wind. It's an old house. Blah blah blah. You know. Yeah. yeah. So after Carolyn gets all heffy with Vicky about having dinner with Burke and mm-hmm. you, you, why why do you say that you know and and then go have dinner with him the next morning she has Vic, she has breakfast with yeah. Burke.
1: She went to go get her mail or drop off some mail or something in
0: town and. Oh, I just happened to have breakfast. Yeah, I happen, happened to have <laughs> breakfast. And she totally invites herself yeah. to sit there and have breakfast with Burke. And she sees him reading The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, yeah. Which I'm pretty sure... I'm I'm positive. I... It, I think it's pretty obvious that this was on purpose because the story of Burke Devlin's revenge is loosely based on The Count of Monte Cristo. The Count of Monte Cristo centers on a man who is wrongfully imprisoned, escapes from jail, acquires a fortune, and sets about exacting revenge on those responsible for his imprisonment. Right. Minus the escaping from jail part, it's Burke Devlin. Yeah. It's that. That's, that's all he has set out to do.
1: Well, and it even goes as far as uh, Carolyn goes and says... You know, she's like, "Oh, I thought only kids read this book in school." She's like, "Wait, you're you not the Count of Monte Cristo?" You are wouldn't you? happen to be the you Count wouldn't Count happen <laughs> to be the Count of Monte Cristo, would you? Mm. <laughs> Making a comment there, so
0: yeah. So I, I I like that they they stuffed that in there, you know, because it was based on you know it was based on the Count of Monte Cristo, and there he is, sitting they yeah. and reading the book. If you, you know? know your literature
1: and you're really listening you'll find all those nuggets like those Edgar Allan Poe nuggets the Count of Monte Cristo Jane Eyre whatever they do
0: yep turn of the screw Mm -hmm. um picture of Dorian Gray I could go on and on and on but I'm not going to we're talking about Burke (laughs) you're really into
1: literature you're really listening you'll find all the nuggets
0: and the one thing I'm gonna say because it was mentioned once to one of the writers of Dark Shadows somebody told them oh well you have your writers are just about as a den of thieves and while that may be partially true there are you know there's a bunch of stories in here that are based on something else but it's kind of like they took the idea of the story and just wrote a completely different story for it i don't like like you know jane eyre you know it was it was kind of loosely based on that but jane Eyre is a totally different story than that of victoria winters absolutely and the count of monte cristo you know this this was all in napoleon's era you know in in france and italy um, this is just a plain old Joe who used to be broke, went to prison and got a fortune, you know. And I just think that there's different, There's it's not the same story. It's definitely, they took the picture, but definitely wrote a different story it. Yeah, but they so, twist it around and right. make it their own. There's my soapbox comment for the day. <laughs> it just, it bugs me when people say that. Oh, it's they just copy everything else, but they don't, you know. Everybody has inspiration that yeah.
1: comes from somewhere exactly that's already existing i absolutely agree
0: Um, all right so moving on i apologize that was my soapbox for the night thank you for uh indulging me um so we so she's reading he's reading the count of monte cristo she leaves her ring under the book for him to find after he tells her that she can't come to banger with him and she leaves her ring under the book so that Burke will call her later. Oldest trick in the book. Mm-hmm. So that Burke will call her later so that he can return it. Yeah. And I think she kind of expects him to invite her to go to banger with him when she goes to pick it up. Yeah. You know? And uh, Burke tells her that she's a sweet, little, innocent girl with blonde hair. And that she would be out of place in banger with his meeting with his banker. Yeah. So she tells him, I'm not a little girl. And he replies with, maybe not, but you needn't make a point of proving it. And she gets pissed and says it's nasty and uncalled for. But it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. <laughs> she's the most obvious person I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, and, and, and she's again, not I
1: suppose she's 18 talking to what, maybe a 40 year old?
0: I I would say they 35 don't
1: 35 to 40 year old. Yeah, he, he's a, he's well he's well older than her. So yes, I mean,
0: she's not she a, is child, a child,
1: but. To... A man of 35 and 40, yes, I mean. I agree.
0: Man alive. (laughs) So after she leaves, uh, Matthew, Morgan, comes in and tells Burke if he makes trouble, he'll kill him. (laughs) Matthew was convinced that, you know, Burke was the one who tampered with the brakes, and Liz told him, I need you to take the blame for it, please help me, Yeah, is all I could think. Roger ends up foiling Carolyn's plan and retrieves the ring himself when he sees Burke in town. Yeah. And gives the ring back. But Carolyn goes to meet Burke anyway and follows him to Bangor after he explicitly told her that she wasn't invited. Just the way that Carolyn changed her tune with Vicky after having breakfast with Burke, it just, oh God. Grinded my gears. Oh, it grinds my gears, makes my (laughs) blood just boil. Because Vicky isn't even trying to date Burke. She doesn't even have any real interest in him. And Carolyn, she just, she acts like a petty little girl And her jealousy of Burke and Vicky, if there even was a Burke and Vicky at that time, it's just, it's so dramatic and it's so childish. And it reminds me of when we were in high school Mm -hmm. and, you know, your, your girlfriend likes a boy, but the boy likes you more than, you know, he likes your friend. Right. And so the friend treats you like crap because she's green with jealousy. Mm -hmm. You know, it just. uh. You know, you always say, <laughs> it's like, can we just get out of high school and get into the real world? But Carolyn is just, it's, she's stuck there with Burke. And it's just, Yeah. she even, she even gets Vicky in trouble with Elizabeth because she sees Burke bring Vicky home after she was out in town with Roger. And Roger just kind of left her there and and made her like right. find her own way home. Yeah. And she does it under the guise of, he's trying to put my uncle Roger in jail and you shouldn't hang out with him. But jealousy, yeah. it was all jealousy. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that's all of the leading up stuff to what Bill Malloy is planning. Right. So I I just feel like all of that was worth mentioning, you know, the, the relationship between, well, the attempted relationship between Carolyn and Burke and Burke interested in Vicky, but Vicki's like I'm not getting in the middle of this at all you know
1: it kind of brings you back to when he said you know you're my I'm your oldest friend yeah in Hollywood and I kind of think that's how Vicki just kind of sees it yeah I did meet him first and he is kind of like the oldest person I know here right like,
0: and she had that ulterior motive he had a report exactly and exactly. she wanted to know and, it's and, all and,
1: business here and, yeah
0: and, and Burke, after she found out that the report didn't show anything that she didn't already know, Burke was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to help you. If you're not going to leave Collinsport, mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to help you. Mm-hmm. And I think, I believe with all my heart that Burke was genuine about that. He wanted to help Vicky because he sees her up on this hill. He knows what the Collinses are like. And I think kind of he feels sorry for her, but mostly he's falling in love with her. Yeah. I mean Slowly but surely. Slowly. I mean even it starts if it's out not as, recognized. Yeah, it's starting out as friendship, you know, he, he genuinely cares about Vicky. Mm-hmm. Whether he is in love with her yet or not. You yeah. know, he I think he genuinely cares about her and doesn't want to see her dragged through the mud when he goes to bring his revenge. Yeah. You know. So so now we're up to Bill Malloy. Bill Malloy. And Bill Malloy goes up to talk with Liz. Ned Calder calls. Now Ned Calder is a man who used to work for Liz in Roger's position, worked for Liz for 15 years, used to be her business manager, okay. which is what Roger does now. He quit a few months prior when Roger came because he asked Liz to marry him, and Liz said no. And at that point, I think Ned just had such a broken heart that he just couldn't, he couldn't handle it, didn't want to work for her, that there was too much, you know. We never did see that. We never did see that. We just, just hear them talk about it. Yeah. and. We don't even we, we don't even see Ned Calder. I don't I don't think. Yeah, I don't recall. I might be wrong, but I don't I don't recall seeing him. But so he he calls because Liz has been trying to get a hold of him and trying to get a hold of him and finally he like, calls her back. Yeah. And she asked him to come back to work for her. I sort of believe that Liz did this, wanted Ned to come back for her one because he was an excellent businessman and he did excellent work for her and also because somewhere deep inside her, she feels like Roger's kind of doing a crappy job. He only got the job because he's a Collins. And he's unreliable and he also seems to just create problems and drama for her you know yeah and also Burke is back to take his revenge and Liz knows it and she wants to be prepared if anything does happen to Roger in this manslaughter thing and I think somewhere in the back of her mind she knows her brother's guilty she don't she can't prove it yeah. but I think I think that Liz has a good idea that he I probably mean, is
1: Roger kind of gives himself away the way he yeah, acts the he's way so he acts. paranoid and he's obviously involved
0: if he, he's not so paranoid completely. He, he gets so worked up about anybody Associating with Burke, anybody associating with Sam, yeah, anybody even mentioning his manslaughter case, he just gets all worked up mm-hmm. and and paranoid and scared and and lashes out at people the way he does with Vicky several times mm-hmm. and. So Bill has come to inform Liz that Burke has been making inquiries about her fi- all, all of her financial interests, not just the cannery, not just the fleet, everything, everything yeah. that she has money in, all of her properties, yeah. Collinwood, all of her uh, stocks, whatever, yeah, everything, all of the financial holdings. Burke is trying to make a move on all of that.
1: And when he was in Bangor, Blair, Burke's financial advisor, tells Burke that all of the Collins' assets can be up for sale except for the house itself because it's so massive and nobody wants it um, except to maybe turn it into a resort mm, yeah. and Liz even petitioned to cut the taxes she pays on it in half because more than half the house isn't even in use because they're Collins's of course the petition was granted of course. <laughs> um, and Burke says of course the Collinses own everything in that town except me And blair answers and you want to turn that around you want to own everything in the town except them and burke replies
0: including them yep yep so i mean he's set on having the entire collins family so of
1: course bill malloy is informing liz of all this
0: he's inquiring about everything you own right and and she she says why and he says moby dick liz Captain Ahab going after the big white whale that bit off his leg. Mm-hmm. So now Burke has been compared to both the Count of Monte Cristo and Moby Dick. Yeah. Uh, Captain Ahab of Moby Dick yeah. coming to take revenge. And both excellent references, by the way. Yeah. Um, so Bill really has come you know, to inform her about what Burke is doing. But he also wants Liz's permission to go after Burke and stop him in any way he, that he can. Yeah. So Bill goes to make a, bur- a deal with Burke. And says that if he leaves town, or just plain leaves the Collinses alone, he's very specific with his words. Uh He wants Burke to leave Liz, Carolyn, and David alone. He doesn't even mention Roger's name at all, and Burke picks up on that. It's like, I noticed you
1: didn't happen to mention Roger's name.
0: Right. So, the next scene, Burke is at Sam's, getting ready to have Sam start on his painting. The first sketches I the think. The first sketch the charcoal sketches. Yeah. Roger is stuck in the next room. He's not really stuck. Sam told him you can go out the back door and he was like, and leave you two here alone. I don't think so. Right. So he he doesn't trust Sam not to spill his whole side of the story. Yeah. And he even tries to convince Sam just to leave town and Roger will even give him some money to help. And Sam's like, Nope, I've already written a letter with everything explaining in detail what I know about that manslaughter case and
1: of uh, course, Roger flies off the handle. Flies he off the
0: handle. freaks out.
1: Who has the letter?
0: Right. And we all know that, that Maggie is the one who has this letter. She doesn't know what's in it. She's just agreed to lock it up. Yeah. And if something happens to Sam, she'll open it up and find out. Right. Bill Malloy comes in and breaks up their little party. <laughs> <laughs> he does it under the guise of, oh, I just came to Sam's because I want a good cup of coffee, you know? Right. And, and Roger's like, oh, whatever, I'm going back to the plant. You know, he doesn't go to the plant. He goes home. But so... Bill Malloy, he's he's very he's very strategical. He gets Sam drunk mm-hmm. because he knows that when Sam is drunk, Sam talks. Right. And he is waiting. He's wait because he suspects Sam. He suspects that Sam knows something about this manslaughter case that's gonna get Burke out of it. Yeah. And so he gets Sam drunk. He's he's literally Bill is sitting there just sipping on this drink that he gets from Sam. This and because Bill's not a drinker. He's he's just not. Yeah. And but Sam is just drink after drink after drink almost to the point where he's pass out drunk mm-hmm. and he utters this line long story short Sam tells Bill and I'm quoting I am the only thing standing between Roger P- Collins and a prison sentence mm. and so now Bill's got evidence and he demands n- demands quite quite persistently that the four of them him and Sam And Burke and Roger all meet up at Roger's office at 11 o'clock. All right. So that's uh, where we're at. Roger figures out that Bill Malloy has figured out a way to stop Burke from destroying the Collins family. And Roger uses the line, well, I refuse to be anybody's sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Because he has figured that Bill knows he's got this ace in the hole. He's got what Sam told him that bill knows that that roger was responsible so and i I mean roger has just been nervous and paranoid up until this point he doesn't want anybody from the family associating with burke or sam and when he finds out that anybody's you know gone against that he just he he goes berserk every Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. i don't know for for me i there was such strong character development with roger because in these first few episodes in this whole manslaughter thing he's just such a jerk he's such a dirtbag and he's only looking out for himself i mean when it comes to what he did to burke in the manslaughter case he's relentless in keeping his secret under the radar like yeah. and and poor sam is eaten alive by his conscience and he just wants this to end already but roger is just he's hell bent on keeping him quiet right. he just wants to keep him quiet
1: and it's mentioned earlier about sam i think from maggie you know sam what was never like this before like when she had her mom around and and it wasn't even the death of her mom, I don't think, that really drove Sam to drinking. No, I, it, it was, was this, this manslaughter case. It was
0: this. So. And they even say, you know, Maggie mentions to somebody, you know, Sam didn't really start drinking until until ten years ago. Maggie can't figure out why. She knows nothing. She's been trying so hard to get her dad just to open up about it. And ten
1: years ago, <clears throat> Maggie was probably ten years old.
0: Yeah, Maggie's just a she's just a young girl, you know, and she can't be. I don't think she's she's probably. Right around the same age as Vicky. I think Vicky's just one or two years older than Carolyn. Yeah. So they kind of, I'm guessing they kind of grew up together. At least Maggie and Carolyn did. I mean, Vicky came in, you know, a few months before. But so the three amigos show up at Roger's office and waits for Bill for about an hour, but he never shows. And Burke high tells it to his house after calling him on the phone over and over and over and he never picks up yeah high tells it to his house and goes to look for him and he isn't there and he comes back with this foreshadowing line he's either out or he's dead Ooh. he says that his car's in the driveway but roger claims that he loves to walk and he often walks to the cannery from his house so i mean what gets me is that bill's not just devoted to the collinses as a whole because i mean he's ready to offer roger on a silver platter to burke Liz, but it's more Liz Stoddard that he's out to protect. He doesn't want anyone to hurt her or destroy her. Yeah.
1: Because I feel like in return as well, you know, Liz is taking care of those men, like Matthew Morgan and Bill Malloy. Right. In return, she's taking care of them as far as whatever it is, job security or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's totally devoted to her
0: so there's an episode right after so at this point everyone's gone home bill malloy hasn't showed up nobody knows what happened to him right nobody has even heard from him but at this point nobody asked questions just yet but the next morning bill malloy doesn't show up at work and liz has asked joe haskell do you know where he is you want to go try and find him you know he's always shown up for work he's never missed a day exactly and and Bill Malloy was all about the work, you know. He always showed up, and he never. Called and if house. I'm wrong, he probably even lived on the docks, or
1: at, stayed at the cannery overnight from time to time.
0: Probably, I mean, he had a, he did have a house, and it, you know, he walked from the house to the cannery, and yeah. So there's an there's an episode right after uh, Bill Malloy disappears, and the entire town is wondering. Where the heck Bill Malloy is? Yeah. And his name is a fun fact right here. So this episode after his name, Bill Malloy, is said twenty-four times in this one episode. Just one episode. Just one episode. And that's not counting all the times people say "Mr. Malloy" or "Malloy" or "Bill." Just Bill Malloy, twenty-four times. I tried to count and I lost count. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Maggie, who's waitressing at the hotel restaurant, is is the one who is constantly asked, "Have you seen Bill Malloy?" And eventually. I think I probably would have reacted the same way she did. She she finally asked, "What is it with everyone asking where Bill Malloy is?" You know, I, I didn't realize he was. You know, this was bad. You know, I didn't realize nobody knew where he was. And I didn't realize he was missing. Yeah, and then Roger. He claims that Bill that Bill Malloy's probably just gone fishing or left town and doesn't seem to be worried in the least bit that he's missing.
1: Because he got off the hook with not having that meeting. Exactly. I think he's more
0: relieved. Yeah. And the first time I ever saw this, I suspected, Roger, why would it be Burke? Yeah. Bill, Bill was the only man who was interested in clearing Burke because he wanted to protect Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Bill's agreement to Burke was that if he left town, if he left the Collinses alone, he would do everything he could to clear him of the manslaughter charge bill offered roger on a silver platter and (laughs) burke are you kidding me (laughs) (laughs) Bill, what do you think son (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i i don't think that sam had it in his heart to do this yeah and and he even said i'd sooner kill myself i'd rather just kill myself than kill bill malloy to get out of this yeah you know he couldn't he couldn't do it and I think Sam was just interested in getting the whole thing over with and done, and whether it meant going to prison or just being free. If he had killed Malloy, he'd still be in trouble because of what if somebody found out what he did. Exactly. And then he'd have to live with the fact that he killed someone in addition to the guilt of knowing what really happened that night that the man was killed with Burke's car. Roger's car. Oh, it was Burke's car. Roger was driving. Oh, my bad.
1: (laughs) I understand. (laughs) It's all
0: good. It's all good. Well, it's all all like mum
1: jumbled i know you get you binge watch it and
0: you just get so jumbled (laughs) we do find out that bill malloy has in fact died okay yeah yeah after all of this i mean it it goes on forever where's bill where's bill where's bill and and finally we find out that he's died vicky and carolyn find his body on the rocks below widow's hill i guess they were out just taking a walk yeah you know vicky is obsessed with widow's hill she's always out there and i think carolyn went out to find her and Carolyn lost her watch oh. and and she went back they went back out there to look for it okay they see a body and or what looks like a body what looks like a body they're trying yeah. Right, so they, you know, they they go back in and said, "There's a body," and, and Liz sends Matthew out to go investigate, and Matthew comes back and was it just, it was just seaweed, ma'am, you know, and but we later find out that it was Bill Malloy that yeah. they found. So now all the questions are raised: Did he fall? Was he pushed? Did Bill Malloy meet his end because he was about to expose Roger as a murderer who wanted Bill Malloy gone? Yeah. Roger immediately seems nervous after they find the body. He, he, he's nervous and he's concerned and claims that it was all in the girl's imagination. And after he talks to Liz, he picks up the phone and calls Sam Evans. And later, Matthew tells Liz that he did see Bill Malloy at the bottom of Widow's Hill. And he thought it was best for Liz and for everyone if he lied about it. Yeah. And he believes that if the situation were re- reversed and Bill Malloy had found his body... Bill Malloy would have done the same thing to protect all to protect the family. Yeah. And at this point, I'm I'm sure Roger is guilty, which is I'm pretty sure what the writers want you to think. Yeah. You know, why is he so nervous? Why is he so set on it being all in Carolyn Vicky's mind? Right. What I think everyone who was involved thought so, too. I mean, even the sheriff took him into custody because he was the probable suspect. I yeah. mean, way way on down the line. This is a pretty good place to stop, I think.
1: There's still a lot that goes on. There's a lot figuring that goes out on. the death, and there's other things that go on in between. While they're trying to figure out the death, other things off-topic of Bill Malloy that I, are that are going on with the family. Definitely. So
0: so. Um, this is a pretty good place to stop for now. Um, we're gonna pick it up next week part two and wrap it up. But Bill Malloy is dead and then they you know, this is where they start investigating yeah. why Bill Malloy died. Yeah. We'll finish that up next week. We'll finish it up next week. Move on. So again, we just wanna say thank you so much for yeah. coming back and sharing Dark Shadows with us. Thank you for letting us geek out and talk about this one thing that we love so much so much <laughs> um it truly has been a lot of fun and there's so much more to go and, and it's this is where things really start to get juicy and this is really where things really start to pick up with dark shadows and yeah. can't wait to talk about it all and um, again
1: guys any questions comments concerns no complaints <laughs> no
0: complaints but um, if you have them please we'd love to hear them but yes contact us please between the shadows 2021 at gmail.com or find us on facebook it has been great tonight but until next time remember to keep it between us and the shadows y'all good night good night everybody i had real talent once bill real talent more than 10 years ago before i began to shrivel up i'm a sad frightened man who's losing his sad frightened soul you can't paint without a soul I'm scared of everything everybody even afraid of myself they come down from the hill to torment me to tear me apart with their shrieks and their moanings i have nowhere to turn even in my sleep i can hear him whispering in my ear i'm gonna kill you that's what he says i'm gonna kill you maybe i ought to just let him do it and get it over with run away he says where could i run you tell me where could i run How can you say that I don't have to run from Roger Collins? Were you here? Did you hear the things he was saying to me? He's afraid too. The great Roger Collins is afraid of poor Sam Evans. Ask him, he'll tell you. You're a good friend, Bill. I am the only thing that stands between Roger Collins and a prison sentence.